0: Hello, welcome to TSC Talks, the podcast inspired by the condition known as tuberous sclerosis complex, which causes benign tumors to grow in all the major organs of the body. This podcast is for those directly affected, parents, caregivers, anyone who's ever struggled to make sense of unimaginable circumstances and find a way. My name is Jill Woodworth, and I am your host. Buckle up, we're going for a ride outside the box, off the grid, down many a rabbit hole, and back. As we wrangle away to case manage and stay sane. Talk about it, compare notes, find the experts, pick their brains. No magic bullet, but we are not alone. Hello. I'm going to see how quick I can do this here because I just did it and it was too long, the intro. Uh, Up next is Brooke Alicia. I'm going to mention that first before I launch into a little TSC Talks podcast update. Brooke is an adult living with TSC, TSC mom, parent, advocate, thriver, uh, promoting the Lavelle Nutritional Supplement. She's a hairdresser. She is the TS Alliance of Ohio Adult Regional Coordinator. She is bursting with energy and when you hear her story, you're going to be blown away. She's been to Helen back, diagnosed at age 18 with TSC, life just throwing her some curveballs and realizing she has to go through and grow through. a phrase that you know, I've never really heard before. She mentioned it in the podcast, and for some reason, I'm like selling it like it's my own. But it's a fascinating uh, episode. She is eloquent throughout, and I could soundbite the whole thing. So I hope you hope you get a lot from that, and you learn a lot about someone else's perspective. I think you know that's one thing that I keeps getting hit home to me is no matter what I think, I learn, and I I hear a lot of people's stories, talk to a lot of people. Everybody, you know, I'm I'm always like whoa when I hear what's beneath the surface. Everybody's in this day and age has something that you know is challenging, and if We get to the core of the issues and connect. Uh, You know, I just, I'm always just honored to hear hear the depths of what people are going through and the the victories as well. So thanks, Brooke, for being willing to come on and share. So on the podcast right now, before Brooke, we had Tyrone Williams, who's incredible, uh, gives us a glimpse of the other side of the cannabis industry. Like I was just saying, went through a lot of rough times, kind of living experientially And coming out the other side with just a lot of wisdom and strength. So a great podcast. Down the pike, we got Ruth Fisher. She's the author of The Medical Cannabis Primer, and that one is in the bucket. Cannabis is personalized medicine, and it's a full-color compendium showing users and prescribers what they need to know, easy-to-understand terms to make cannabis work effectively while minimizing undesirable effects. So uh that I that's a quote from the website and I would highly encourage you to no pun intended order the book if you're interested at all in CBD and just getting into it that you really owe it to yourself to find the resources that are coming out and this is the best that I've seen so Ruth is an excellent guest on the podcast. You're going to love that and learn a lot, which I did. So other, project, other projects, TSC Talks is working on a product, developing a novel beverage made with botanicals, kind of off the grid for us. We're going to crowdfund it. Stay tuned for more on that. Thanks to Daniel Price, an adult living with TSC. Heard him on the podcast. He's been helping us with Instagram, doing a phenomenal job, running around the country with his job, and helping us get our Instagram posts up. So thank you, Daniel. And thanks to Chris Nichols for ongoing support, uh, time management, coordination, and keeping Lisa and I moving forward. So thanks, Chris. And that is all. And take it away, Brooke Alicia. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Brooke. I met you on Facebook. I probably met you at maybe a conference. I don't remember exactly, but I think I probably saw you there. So, thanks for doing it. I've been impressed with your marketing and your, you know, just your energy that you bring to everything that you're doing. So, thank you. I have appreciated that. And I know you have a lot of challenges that you're going to talk about. So, we will get started. So, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? And now, do you have TSC or is
1: it? Yes.
0: You have it. Yes. And you... Okay. So yeah, why don't you just give me, a, I don't know where you want to start your story, if you want to start with your own diagnosis or how, but go ahead and...
1: Okay, yeah. so um, I had grown up normal family. Uh, there's My parents had adopted two children, so I was the oldest of five. They had gotten divorced around when I was 15, and I had some issues when I was about three, to backtrack a little bit. I had mm-hmm. some seizures, but they went away. So they didn't do anything about it. I was never on medication. Um, my parents are very much um, religious believers and they were like, we're going to pray this away. So (laughs) in their minds, that's what happened. It went away, never came back. And then I got into my teen years and started to having issues with my kidneys. I had kidney stones at the age of 18. So a little bit after my menstrual cycle started, I would say is when I started to have like flare ups of the stones. And so by the time I was 18, they had taken me to get a stent and to get different things like you know people that are a lot older usually get for their stones and stuff but they couldn't figure out where it's coming from so they tracked it back to a calcium based stone i wasn't producing enough calcium so that's what was happening i had eight millimeter stones and i got diagnosed because they sent me to a radiation because they saw these tumors and they're like, wait, whoa, 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 wait. They had me hooked up to the machine and everything. And they're like, uh, you have tuber sclerosis complex. And luckily, a doctor had found that. They had me under. I had the IV, and I had everything ready to go to be radiated. And they're like, if we do this, the tumors will grow. So, Oh, my gosh. Diagnosed, yes.
0: Wow. So how old were you?
1: I was 18.
0: Wow. Yeah. That had to be tough.
1: It was. I was very active. I was a cheerleader. I was in a precision ice skating team. I was very active in my church. So I was in a uh, traveling singing group. We Mm -hmm. had done so many things. So for me, my life was like, I was always on the go and involved in something and a part of something. And all of a sudden, so I was on Darvacet and it literally brought me to my knees. And I was in the middle of hair school. I had just started after I graduated and I missed three months. I had to take a medical leave because I couldn't get up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was afraid to like hurt my kidneys and the stent and that whole thing. And then on top of it being on that medication, that was the start of everything really for me.
0: Darvacet, is that like a pain med? Okay. So, what was the reasoning of that just because of the pain of the kidney stones or the
1: kidney just- stones and the stent? They didn't huh? want me to move it wrong and then snap my urethra tube, like all of that stuff. So, they had me on that, and I couldn't even really walk around. So, I laid in my basement for weeks.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so big, big change, you know, like integrating that into your life. But, um, so go on from there. So, so you oh. went, got your hair, I assume you. Yeah, so I school.
1: barely Barely finished hair school. I was a day past the day that you're allowed for the 14 months, but I finished. And I wasn't feeling great, but I wasn't like as bad as I was. Because at that point, we had gotten a diagnosis. But I was told to the man I was with then, I ended up marrying him. He was my best friend. That I was going to just have dogs and travel and never have children because my body would fight it off. And I wouldn't be able to bear children. I'd be in a wheelchair by the age of 30. It was pretty hard to tell you that that didn't know what they were talking about they didn't really know about TSE, but it was a local doctor and it was definitely the end for me in my mind and it really (sighs) dedicated me as a person and I Mm -hmm. let go of life I moved into a trailer with my boyfriend and we just I hid there I hid
0: you were just like f it I'm done yeah
1: my life's over why try Mm -hmm. that's exactly Mm -hmm. where I was
0: wow So you didn't, but you didn't connect yet with like a T the TSC community. You didn't know anything about it.
1: Yeah. So I didn't know what to expect. I knew there was people that had it worse than me, but I also didn't, it was a world I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know what was going to happen to me. I didn't want to like, look at the person that's, you know, having the worst problem. You know, you looked at it at that time, Google, you know, and, or WebMD or something. And it was like awful. And I'm like, how can my life go from this to this? Like, how am I supposed to, you know, and then it just made it worse. And I am a person that played a lot of mental tricks on myself. And, um, what ended up happening is I went, I had a lot of, um, uh, cysts on my ovaries and different issues, with my hormones, because TSE. I feel like causes that as you get older. Personally, well, yes.
0: So you've had ovarian cysts and the kidneys. And I
1: went in and yeah. So the kidney stones were still a thing. If I had a glass of wine, I would get a yeast infection. If I had anything, like anything, and you know, being 21, you want to like, I wasn't 21 yet, but I was in that college age. My friends sure. were like, come to college, come visit me at the biggest party school in Ohio. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> Because I know I'd be down for days. So, you know, people in hair school, come out for my birthday. I hid, I hid, I hid, I hid. And so when I went to go see about these cysts on my ovaries, I actually found out I was two months pregnant with my daughter. So I did wow. have the cysts on my ovaries, but they're like, um, you're pregnant and we're going to put you on Prozac because we don't know if you'll handle the baby or if you'll keep it or not that I would keep it, but if my body would try to fight it off or if my body sure. would. you could
0: like physically maintain a pregnancy
1: right yeah right so that's where I was with
0: that and how did you get through that
1: for me I was brought up pretty religious so Mm -hmm. I wasn't married yet so I they were like you need to get married if you're gonna have a baby and you know at that time like I don't want this guy to like marry me and we lose this child and then what if he wants to have kids later in life and you know we were still pretty young I wasn't 21 yet Mm -hmm. um so we had already had this trip plans, so we decided to make the trip like a wedding and everything. And I was like, Are you sure you want to marry me because I don't want you in 10 years regretting this if something happens, you know that you're just staying with me because you feel bad or I'm sick. And, you know, that's kind of where my head was. And my family was honestly really disappointed they're like, Brooke, you were told that you shouldn't have children because of this. But honestly, I went off the birth control because it didn't help how I felt. It wasn't helping my situation. And if my body was going to fight it off anyways, what was the point in taking that? So for me, I was just trying to avoid those hormones and that different part of that. that was. I deadly. get that. And in return...
0: I no was support.
1: And, right. Well, it was really hard for my family to take in because they were scared to death really. Of
0: course. Of course. So I don't yeah.
1: think that they were like disappointed in me. Um, I had a job, I would finish chair school. So I didn't have that college debt that people, you know, like I wasn't burdening anyone, right? but it definitely was like, what's to expect. They're telling you the worst. So we ended up going to Cincinnati Children's Hospital and I had a doctor there not tell me the greatest thing she wanted me. She told me advised an abortion and I wasn't okay with that. That wasn't how I grew up personally. And I thought there's a reason I'm having her. So I'm going to just have her and I'm going to get through it. And if I lose her, then it's meant to be, I had to live with myself personally. And at that point, if I brought her into this life, I'm not going to take her out. You know, like that's where I was, yeah. but having her, she was great when she was born, you know, leading up to that pregnancy. I didn't have a terrible pregnancy. I'm uh-huh. not a, I have a high pain tolerance. Yeah, I, yeah. So I, things don't bother me. Like I don't get headaches. I don't, I don't have a lot of those things that people get migraines and different things. Oh, good. So for me, I wasn't a miserable pregnant person. You know, I was trying to be as happy as I could through it because I didn't know the outcome. Mm-hmm. And I was working with two other girls that was pregnant with me as well. And it was tough. Cause I, you know, it's not that it didn't cross my mind. Like what if I lose this baby, but I just knew that I needed to do something for me that I could sleep at night for myself. Mm-hmm. So-
0: Wow, that's just a lot of, uh, I don't want to say traumatic, but Mm -hmm. just significant life events that kind of happening all at very close proximity. And you were young. I mean, gosh, you know, and I, I can totally relate having kids with TSC and knowing there's all this information out there and these people and these like get togethers and not wanting to go and see what the future might look like you know, and how my kids might end up and just not, so yeah, just a lot of, it's a lot to take in, you know? And yeah, so, so you're pregnant and you have, you have your baby and you're pretty healthy with the TSC going through pregnancy. That wasn't an issue.
1: No, at that time, that wasn't an issue. You know, she didn't start having like infantile spasms till she was about four months old. Okay, and then she stops breathing. So we were going into Canada, not with my friends for fun, not for to Windsor, and not for that. We were going there to get, a, you know, that medication, the sabral at the time. Right, right. So when the hospital would reimburse us, like I was living off of government really, because she had got diagnosed. So they made me, you know, go get Medicaid, go do this, go do that. You're going to need this. You're not going to be able to work very much. You know, nobody knew what to expect. And the seizures just got more severe. The infantile spasms got more severe. And about nine months is when I found out I was pregnant for my son. I had not been able to afford birth control for a week (laughs) and got pregnant again. And it's, I, he's not a mistake, so don't think I'm saying No, that. no, I have
0: five kids, Brooke.
1: Yeah, okay,
0: good. <laughs> You're talking to the right, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely, no judgment, no, I, it's how it was supposed to happen, I think. That's how I have to live, I can't live with regret, you I don't know. regret
1: any of it. You know, when I grew up, it's the oldest of five kids, my mom ended up marrying a guy that had three kids, so I'm technically the oldest of eight. I didn't wow. live with them all, but you know, I didn't want to be... I wasn't like, I can't wait to be a mom because you're always, you know, helping, taking care of your family and stuff. So it wasn't like my dream. Like I want to wake up and be a mother. Like I wasn't that sister. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I was like, what is happening? Like, uh, I don't even know what to do. It's not that I couldn't take care of myself, but I didn't know if I could choose another person over myself. I guess I was so young, you know, I was scared to death of what was to come and She had just got diagnosed with, yes, she for sure has tuberous sclerosis and, um, she has the seizures and they started to get more intense and they were up to about 10 to 12 times a day. We started to have our diastap Mm -hmm. and then I found out I was pregnant with my son. So it was a lot. It was, yeah,
0: yeah. I can relate to some of that. You know, I was getting pregnant and finding out while I had other kids with TSC around and, um. You know, I think back on those times and I don't remember the details, you know, it's like talking to you, I just kind of remembered that craziness, you know, it was always like kind of living through in the moment and getting through the day and, you know, putting out brush fires, one thing after the other. So I don't know if it was like that for you, but I didn't have a lot of like time to really reflect on what was happening, how I was, it was just so much action reaction. So um
1: I feel like that, but you know, doing this interview and talking about this, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to like get those details that I know people are living through mm-hmm. because I know that I know it's real and people don't talk about it because they block it out. And I was one of them. Like I blocked it out, but I feel like you have to go through to grow through. And I've really, really worked on just growing through these moments. It was a, I, I call my thing in the chaos, because it is always chaos it's always chaos. It's always a reaction, reaction. You take it one minute at a time, it's not one hour, not one day, one minute. When you have TSC, you have a child with TSC and I neglected myself, you know, having my son, we got him checked in utero and all that. He was good. I had helped me grow Come when they came for her to help with him as well. And I let myself go. I didn't mm-hmm. care about what was going on with me. And that's when it really hit the fan. So. Yeah.
0: So it- how have you come through it and how's your daughter, how's it been since then? Um, Just kind of walk me through your timeline.
1: Okay. So what I did, so we'll start with kind of like when she had the brain surgery, we had to, you know, a lot of people know the intensity of that. It's a six month thing. You you have to get tested and all of this stuff done. And you know, it kind of all becomes a blur. And then you spend about a month in the hospital because they got to do two surgeries. And it was just like, we, we did get social security disability income mm-hmm. for that month that I was off, but it was exhausting. I had a son at home. He was about to, she wasn't going to the bathroom by herself. They told me about the social regression. They removed her right frontal lobe of the brain, all the executive decision-making. And I'm like, okay, so she can't choose that. She loves the color red. We're good, you know, but man has time changed since then. So a little bit after surgery, she- Started to finally go to the restroom on her own. Like we finally taught her at three because it just was so uncomfortable to try to change your child's diaper when she's over a toddler. You know, I, yes, know I do. do it, but when she's not wheelchair bound or physically handicapped, and you're sitting there like, Come here, let me change your diaper. Like it's just it's awkward. weird. It is. It's very uncomfortable, but you have to do what you gotta do. The social regression was strong. She would jump around the house like a frog and randomly pee. Oh like, gosh. Yeah. So she was going backwards and going forward. It was Ugh. such a mess. So we started clonopin I think is what it's uh-huh. called, uh-huh. Um, the patch. But what happened was I had a pharmacy give me an adult dose of clonopin once and it lowers your blood pressure. So mm-hmm. she was knocked out for three days. I thought she was dead. And they, they insisted that it wasn't us. We didn't mess up. And I'm like, no, you guys messed up because oh it can be do the concentrated kind. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had opted for that because we were traveling and I didn't want the patches to get overheated and different things. And so sure. when they did that, I'm like, this dose is wrong. You know, this bottle looks wrong and you have to be so present to be a parent of TSE. I don't care at what level, like your child is, you have to be a present parent because you have to stay ahead of that medication the appointments the MRIs everything is just scheduling one after the other and you have to like time block it and I became the most OCD organized person ever and I irritated myself so bad but it's hard (laughs) when you have TSE to stay that organized you have to really write stuff down so for me to navigate through all that I was grateful that I had the wisdom of knowing Mm -hmm. that it wasn't the right medication, but it was just, you know, trying again and trying again and trying again. And, you know, since then that I feel like that's kind of all we've done is see what works and what works for now might not work for later. And it's just kind of been a rat race for us. So
0: very similar. You know, I think that, Overall, I, the seizures are pretty stable for for my kids, but it's just like looking forward and long term and thinking how's life going to be for them, you know, managing this on their own, you know, realistically. Let's be, let's talk realistically about this, you know, because like you said, nobody really wants to freaking talk about it, and uh, it just does not look good to me to be. Nobody understands how these meds impact our kids and ourselves long term. I mean there's not been studies done for the time periods that these guys are going to be on them. And I don't know. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's frustrating and it's discouraging Brooke. I feel like, Um, you know, there's a lot of moments of, I would say like, whether you want to call it miraculous or hope or times that things that will pull me through and things that have happened in the course of their history, my own history that I'm like, yeah, you know, that's just, I know that despite all the cha- these challenges, that that's just it's kind of like the you know the silver lining. Like you know, you you just got to be here and go through this and trying to help other people. I think, yeah, it's kind of what there is left is finding a way to put my life and work in passionate into something that's going to help my own kids, but other people too. And I see that with you too. So um, right. Yeah, I think, like you said, with the OCD, managing your care, that has to be intense too, because, you know, I'm I'm not managing my care, I'm managing my kids' care. So on top of having your daughter, you're doing your own. My kids now, like, they don't want to talk about TSC. They don't want to get involved in the community. And in some ways, I've found that, like, I've learned it so well that they've relied on me so heavily that now they it's like, I don't want to learn that. I just wanted to pretend I didn't have it and let you deal with it for the rest of my life. So with how's she doing today. So she's how old is she?
1: So she's 15 today, 15, okay. 15 and a half. She wants her um, temps, but you know, I got the doctors talked into letting her do a psych evaluation first because that mental illness is still there. You know, the trauma, the PTSD from all of the stuff she went through. And I was thinking this when you were talking, you know, there's a lot of people that go through a traumatic time where their child might've been in the hospital for a couple weeks, a month, you know, or they were in because their child was a preemie, but this is our entire life. This isn't one moment. This is every day we wake up. Every day we figure out how to reassess our child. Every day we're waking up to a new person. Every day we don't know our child. Like, I don't, I don't know how you feel, but today she had stolen my toaster last night because she wanted to make me Pop-Tarts. And can you imagine if she tried to do that on the carpet? Like, she would have burnt the house down. Like, she doesn't oh, have thinking. So I'm like, where's my toaster? Like, it's gone. Well, I knew she had it. She's the only one that steals things from anywhere. And I was like, okay, I've got to get this before she decides to make me breakfast in bed. Because <laughs> I understand her intentions, but it's a constant 24-hour care. And it's, 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 it's not
0: nor It's like when you say it's a 24-hour care, I think there's like, there's a perception of that, that you're like hovering over a bedside or you're following it's that like mental piece, like thinking two steps ahead of your kid and getting in their head. Like, because if you don't, you know, it could (laughs) be on fire.
1: Yes. Right.
0: Right. And you know, my son almost, I mean, he picked through a wall into the, like the heated vent, the chimney or something and almost burned our apartment. I mean, thing after thing, like you would understand like these extreme things that happen that like Are just off the charts that we're just like oh well yep it's good you know we didn't burn the house down this time
1: (laughs) yep and you just fix it and you figure it out but you know for the longest time everything would defeat me because you know for me eighty percent of people with TSC have the mental illness right well talk about
0: that for a minute so it's called go ahead and describe it
1: about Tand Tand yeah give a a little
0: educational piece here
1: so Tand is something I didn't even know was a Mm -hmm. thing. And I feel like it's not talked about enough. It's not expressed enough. It's not shown to families like, okay, your child might have TSC, but look out for TAN. They need to be pre-warned for this because you have no idea. It will come hit you like a bus. Okay. Your child, my child did not start like this. She did not have these tantrums. She did not have these fits. I will tell you an experience of tanned. Sure, go for it. So let's share tan with you. So we were boating one day with my aunt. We had this amazing day. It was beautiful. We were out on the lake. We were tubing. We were having like my vision of the best family day ever. We have a two hour drive home and we don't let her have a lot of internet because she kind of tends to be impulsive with that. And she'll Mm -hmm. get kidnapped five seconds if I let her have the internet past certain hours. I need (laughs) to know I can sleep at night. So it's been taken at nine o'clock, gives back at 9 a.m you know, she can talk to family. It's very restricted on my end because it's too overstimulating for her on, for us. And so we were in the car and she was mad. She couldn't have the charger. And literally I had just gotten this new car and we were on the side of the highway and she is whipping whatever's on the back seat in our face, <sighs> seats, throwing my new license plates that I had to like renew out of the window into the ditch off the highway. Oh like, my goodness. Legit, like fit that I've never seen in my entire life. And you know, she had just started a new antipsychotic. Well, every time she starts an antipsychotic, she's more psychotic. To psychotic. Huh. Yes. And I had been really careful about not letting her take that like all the days, you know, like, okay, we'll do it every other, every couple just to kind of wean her in. Let's see how she reacts because she usually has opposite reaction. It seems like with these medications. So for her antipsychotics make her psychotic. And so we were like afraid to drive home. We were hoping a cop saw us and said, let me take her from you. I have never been that mom that wishes anything on my children ever, ever, ever in my life. I know I talked previously about not dreaming of being... that mother or that Betty Crocker person or, you know, Martha Stewart, but I definitely am a person that when I have something, I go all out and I go all in. If I'm going to take care of something, I'm going to take care of it the way it needs to be taken care of. How do you take care of that? I didn't know how to take care of that situation. That moment, everybody's lives are in danger. My son was being choked from the back. It was very traumatic. People were, we were hurt for days. I I had a mental day off work. I didn't know how we made it home. I ended up sitting in the back with her and we actually put a video on the phone. So we videotaped the whole rest of the ride home to protect ourselves, to be honest.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that would be a form of
1: hand. So we have video cameras in our house. Do you? We do. And it's sad that we've had to go to that. But the cops told us the last couple of times that she had thrown fits on those different medications that they said, you need to protect yourself against her because she likes to make up stuff and so we need to know that we're taken care of on our end that we didn't hurt her so for like us to prove that there's no way other to prove than to put video cameras in our own home
0: wow we did not have to do that but i think that that might have been a next step at a certain at certain points we did have to lock everything up
1: yes we do that as well
0: Yeah. And, but yeah, so you have cameras on. um, The behavior is just, I think you're exactly right. Nobody really, and having gone through it being like, okay, well, the seizures are are first, you know, we've got to get those under control. So, you know, you're chasing that. And then like slowly, well, for my son, it was kind of like an escalation of normal boy behavior. Like it just was seemed a little extreme. So I was like, okay, you know, he's, a little wild, you know, and it just kind of crept up on me. Now my daughter's was more along the lines of what you're describing. Not exactly the same. And that's the thing. It's never the same one on two days. It's never the same with two kids. So, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason. It got, so yeah. So dealing with the behaviors is like probably the major component now. And, and it's subtle too. Like for my son, he's pretty managed now, but it's still thinking those steps ahead. Now it's just dealing with like the life skills. He's lost all this time to his behaviors. How do we plug him into any kind of learning? Because it's hijacked his entire um, high school, basically, with the behavior. So that's the other really hard piece is they're not able to really get engaged with the curriculum or schools aren't prepared. I mean, I don't know if you go on the tan board much, but holy crap, you know, all I know is every time I read it, I'm like, boy, I wish I did more with my kid. But I didn't know.
1: Mm-hmm. I just,
0: it's heartbreaking to see what people are going through. Is. So how is your, How's it been for school? I don't want to beat this oh. to death.
1: No, yeah, you're good. fine. So for school, I ended up taking her out of public school because she couldn't mentally handle it. She was making up stories that people would push her downstairs. Luckily, they had cameras to prove nobody touched her. Um, they were starting to get out of control. So I have her in adaptive learning school and it's been amazing for her. They know oh, good. She, is. she gets a grant to go. Um, you have to, there's either the John Patterson, I think grant or um, an autism grant. So she doesn't qualify for the autism grant, but she does for the other one. Mm-hmm. And so she actually has her own aid. They learn living skills. So what, I wanted for her is, you know, she might not pass a third grade level math. Mm-hmm. However, I want her to have life skills. That is the most yes. important thing to me. And so I'm like, you know what, let's just skip all this. Right. And we're just not, we're going to take you out. And you know, it was hard on the schools. I am a hairstylist in my town and I have a lot of teachers and I respect them, but there's, there's, you can't handle tanned. As they don't says. understand no. they don't until you
0: i swear we need to get people to ha- like have a lived well, they're experience not
1: supported anyways they're not supported with the aids they need they're not supported. Right. With the, so they'll they'll give like one aid per you know per many kids Who needs an aid for herself or one-on-one yeah yeah and so she can get that here and so the school's actually okay. transferred into a bigger school so they can have up to 50 kids and be like you know but, but, you know, like I can pick her up today for lunch on my birthday if I want. And it's okay. Cause they don't go off of, cause I never know when she's <laughs> going to miss school. I don't know her mood that day, but you know, to go into high school, she'd be turned in five seconds because that was too mentally draining on her. It was too much. She was drowning for sure. She was yeah. drowning and it was more of her mental health. Um, we've had less behavior since the school has started. So I am knock on wood, grateful for that. Good, good. But you know, my son needed a break too. And, um, he was having to deal with her behaviors every day in school and people would say stuff to him. And I'm not trying to say, you know, you shouldn't be supportive of your siblings, but it gets tiring at home and at school. And so I feel like it's been a great break for both of them to have Mm -hmm. that separate piece and then come together at night. And I'm not saying they're best friends. He's very resentful of a lot of things that she has, you know, done. And she's not a terrible person. She's a loving person, but when she, when she goes off, she's, you know, there's no return sometimes.
0: It's, it's, it is, you lose them for that time period. It's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. And if you're, if you get involved in the emotional component of it, it's, it's just going to be, it's for, and for a kid, you know, the siblings to see that it's so hard.
1: And he's gone through his own struggles as a middle schooler, you know, he's like, mom, please just let her say at that school, she's so much better. And he sees that it's better for her. And he wants to grow up and be, you know, a psychologist and those things. He does care, but he doesn't know how to care for her. And you know what, I don't either. I don't don't think anyone does, you know, it's,
0: I don't think we're prepared for it. It's really just, you know, if you think about there's things in the brain, and we haven't even understood all the functions of the brain. And who knows what little things that are there that are affecting this and that it just seems like, Tan is just really complicated.
1: She can stay this school till she's 21, and I also got a, pro- a provider from the state, and they work with her about five to seven hours a week, and that's been really good. I can work a few hours with some peace, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe take my son. I'm going to his orchestra concert tonight, so she's not gonna come. She'll be with her provider, and you know, she's like, I can't be with you on your birthday. I'm like, you don't even like orchestra concerts, you know? Like, it's hard for her to like sit and be patient on those things. So, right, she's understanding more, like. When she needs and what she wants, you know. So it's really been helping those daily living skills for sure. At that, stage. that's
0: awesome. That's great that yeah. you could find a find that a placement like that and just like make the quality of your life like bearable. Because yeah, <laughs> until you get to that point, and that's I think what I mean. My quality of life is bearable. It's not bad, but you right. know, there's still there's still the ongoing stuff. So. Talk to me a little bit about your business and how that's worked with working and dealing with the TSC and what you're doing professionally. Okay. A so bit. can
1: I? stylist for 17 years and fortunately, very fortunately, I can make my own schedule. The problem was people work during the days, correct? So mm-hmm. I can't always, I cannot tell you that I can be available that evening. I do evenings by appointment only. Mm-hmm. Usually I work like nine to two. I'll run my kids home and around wherever they need to be, get a provider Tuesday and Thursday, try to work those nights since I have the provider at least a couple hours. So she's not alone, you know, with her brother and I will do that. And that's how I've managed that. By I do by appointment only specifically because I don't know my life <laughs> day to day. And I need to know that if I'm going to make time for you in the evening, that you're going to show up. So I don't book people. I don't, you know, I, I won't go, Go there and sit and wait on you. So I want to make sure that the people that I'm allowing in those evenings are people I know will come. Yeah. So I've had to really put up boundaries. I used to be a doormat. I used to let people walk all over me. But you know, you get this tough skin that you have to do because you know this feeds my family and I have to take my time when I work seriously. You know, and so that's what I've done. And if you're talking about, are you talking about thrive as well? Like, yeah, yeah. So. I went into having a little side business because I couldn't have, I couldn't get that time back at work. And I started it mainly for the mental awareness, the mental Mm -hmm. acuity. I was at rock bottom for myself. I was crying in fetal position watching Criminal Minds all the time because I thought their lives are worse than mine. So this is where I'm at. (laughs) And that's literally, I would, I would watch something worse than what's going on. So I could feel better about what was going on in my own life. I couldn't stay ahead of anything. I was an insomniac. I just was, it was a hamster wheel for me. And I was on about ten medications a couple years ago. Totally Holy
0: mackerel. So for t- for TSC, like right. yeah, and your daughter now is she uh, her seizures are controlled? I assume. Yes.
1: Yeah, so they've been controlled with triethylphosphate for okay. Um, like- a lot of milligrams but they are Mm -hmm. controlled she hasn't had any pop-up she has pretended that she has seizures because she knows it gets her attention oh yeah we've seen that uh, right so that happens if I send her to youth group or you know different things where there's a group of people that she feels like she could get some attention it's just you know what she's wired because she has gotten attention so it's really hard to do a lot of things that aren't about her you know And I love her dearly, but it just takes a taxing toll on your life sometimes because you try to stay ahead of it, but you just don't know what's coming. You know, I can't just be like, oh, my kid's at youth group tonight. No, because I have to sit in the parking lot for two hours and make sure that nothing happens traumatic while I'm there because they're calling me for an incident report. Right. So I can't just like plan to work that night she has youth group because I can't just say oh she's taken care of you know my life doesn't consist of that my life my life is very roller coaster it's very up and down I never know what to expect I never know what's coming so I kind of started this for you know I needed to um I was doing it for my mental health honestly because I knew I needed to start take care of myself um I'm gonna be honest and say I have a sister that is an addict on and off (laughs) And luckily, she's been clean for a while. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I was honestly not much different being on those many medications. And that's me personally. And so for me, I'm like, I need to change something. I need to change my well being, my health. I need to be ahead of the game. I need to be ahead of, you know, I'm not saying I can predict what's going on with or with, you know, my family, but I need to be present. And I definitely wasn't.
0: I hear you. I think you get, you become like almost, even if it's not, um, you know, per se, addictive substances, you become kind of dependent. It becomes like, I got to the same point, like, what is this doing to me? How is this impacting the way I really am? You know, what's there beneath all this? Because I don't know, I felt like for my whole life, I'm on and off of medications or my adult life or I'm pregnant or some, something extreme was going on. Let's just get off the and see what's there. And yeah, I can relate to that. So, yeah, so getting through this, you're, has faith been like a, I like to know, like how people, like, you seem like you're able to really reason things out.
1: So my faith, I don't probably go to church as much as I want to, only because I feel like I don't know what's going to happen Why we're at church. I <sighs> That's that. why I stopped going. Yeah, so it it's not really that I don't. I mean, we can, luckily with our church, we can watch it at home, Uh on our TV. Um, I definitely listen to podcasts. I listen to very motivational, very encouraging things. I definitely had to change my tribe. I've had to change the people around me because your environment is so huge and how it affects your mental health. And for me, misery loves company. And, you know, for the longest time I lived as that victim, like victim, victim, victim. And I decided I wasn't going to live there anymore. And once you decide that you have to be at a really big place where you're like, you know, I'm ready because you're going to get tested and you're going to get tried and it's going to try to break you, but you have to just rise up really. But you have to be at that place. And I, I can't tell you how to get there other than feeding your mind with, happy things and good things. I started working out. So I just started to try to do things that would help my mental health. I went seeked out counseling. I, you know, I just I started to really like being a hairstylist too. You're a therapist, you know. Yeah. Oh product. yeah. So you need to have an out. Mm-hmm. And I needed a healthy out for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think you need to find something that you can do that just to get that whatever it is, just get it out whether it's working out or just something of your own, you know, that, right. yeah. So how did you get into the thrive or tell me about, like, you, did you decide all of a sudden to go off medications or okay, tell me about it? Um, yeah. So
1: what happened was my friend that I had known from high school kept reaching out to me for two years and I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I'm not in that place. Good for you. I don't want anything to do with this. I just don't need another thing draining me. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I was. And I'm like, that's the last thing I need on top of this is something else I got to do, blah, blah, blah. I was just like, not. And there was one post I remember, and I can't really talk about the situation because it's not my situation. Mm-hmm. But it was something I was going through that brought me to my knees. I literally laid in fetal position for days and cried over a situation and a loss of a life. And I told myself, I have to live for him. And I have to live for the person that couldn't, you know. And I told her, I said, you know what? I don't know what it's going to do for me, but I've spent my money on worse things for 30 days. Let's just give it a try. Let's see where it goes. I hadn't planned to get off my medications. At the time, I had narcolepsy medication, asthma medication, allergy medications, and about four mental health medications. On top of my Affinitor, which has helped me incredibly, so I'm not saying that it hasn't, because I'm very thankful for what Affinitor has done for my life. And going through that drug trial has really changed my life and my perspective and... I'm grateful, but I knew that I was on a lot of things. <laughs> and so I didn't know if this would even help me at all because I had so much to work through. You know, it's like that. Sure. Bottle of pop that you have, and you keep filling it up with water, and finally it feels clear. But there's all that stuff you have to get rid of, and that's all that damage you've done to your life for years that toxicity from your kidneys, from your brain, from the trauma, from that chaos we go through as parents. And so I'm like, I don't know what it's going to do. I'm, you know, what it's not a weight loss product, and I wasn't really looking for that, but I was looking for that mental clarity and to not be in pain, to not feel 80 years old because my body had so much just from me being mentally drained, honestly. Having the opportunity to do this podcast was strictly from my experience and I am no way claiming to cure or medicate any genetic disorder or any disease. Therefore, I would just like to clarify and let you know that this is my personal experience. This is what has personally worked for me and has helped me manage my life a little easier. Thank you.
0: That's pretty powerful. Yeah, 10 medications and yeah, and wow.
1: So with doctors watching me. I gave them all the information. I said, Listen, I really want to give this a fair try. I showed them what I was doing. I mm-hmm. said, please look into this. I want to make sure it's okay to take. It's not going to dilute the finitor that I'm on. And they little by little, let me go off of, you know, can I name medications? Yeah. A- yeah. I yeah. went off. The only thing I am still on is well and finitor.
0: Mm-hmm. Good yes, for you. That's great. Yep. Uh, and Down the reason from keep
1: me on is because we live in Ohio and we get seasonal depression really easily and it kind of runs in my family like just from the weather and stuff. And so they just like we don't want you to go off everything just because, you know, uh, my family has some back history issues with psycho you know, therapy, Psych, mental health issues. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. I get it. So yeah. I had
1: to be very careful of not smart. Really cut myself off. So I wasn't like, let's get rid of medicine. But you know, what happened was I was on medicine for Nar- Narcolepsy for 10 years and they wouldn't refill it. And they wanted me to jump through all these hoops and being self-employed. It was cost <sighs> me a grand a month. And I'm like, you know what? what happens if I, they finally took 30 days and I'm like, I haven't needed it for 30 days. Who says I need it anymore? They're like, right. Well, if you're comfortable going off of it and you're not falling asleep on the road. I was falling asleep at stoplights. I could sleep anywhere, but I wasn't. I finally had that energy, that clean energy. Interesting. And I was just feeling amazing. And so I've been off the narcolepsy medicine a year and a half now.
0: Wow. So I wonder if like, you know, coming off the meds and this thrive kind of res- reset your system in a lot of ways, like who knows how the narcolepsy evolved is that is that something you had for
1: when i was married i worked four jobs and so i was working around the clock i actually was a provider and i would help people you know get their breakfast in the morning i would sleep at their house so they would be safe at night so my kids would be like oh they are sleeping at some guy's house i'm like yes i'm sleeping at some guys like i was (laughs) you know that however they saw it as children i was just sure I would do hair. So they called it sleep work shift disorder type of narcosis. I see. Medication.
0: Okay. Just curious. So, yeah.
1: Yes. So that's what I got. So I, my life has definitely changed in a lot of ways as far as I don't have to work like that anymore. And I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate and blessed to not have to. And obviously, you know, we're never claiming to cure or medicate, but it definitely has added value to my life mm-hmm. and having that premium nutrition has definitely helped me manage my TSC better. I am hundred percent. You know, I'm not saying it cures it because it doesn't, but I definitely have been able to live life finally.
0: I think that it's important to highlight things that work for people in the community, you know not giving you know saying like well well this is medically verified or whatever but this is a tool that you used that you still use that you're able to plug into and it's a program that you know I think that that's a big piece of it people don't know how to bring like the pieces of nutrition and you know whatever the motivational piece is all together so I know there's a lot of people friends that I that have had very very suc- much success with that kind of a system and I can see that that would be really so, really interesting what I have-
1: do is take my medication that I take an hour after. My okay. Because um, you want the Thrive to absorb all the nutrients, 100 minerals and vitamins, the 98% absorption. Um, you want to have it on an empty stomach, but I don't take it with my medication because I want my medication to also work. So I need those separately. So if people do choose to do this, we very much monitor and talk to them and we have nurses and practitioners and different people that can guide them. Like, okay, if you're on, you know, this medication or this medication, make sure you take an hour after, because that's good. good. You don't want to be mixing it. Like you just don't, you want everything to have a chance to work to its fullest. Yeah. So um, once I figured that out, it's been it's been wonderful for me. So
0: that's awesome. So it's thrive. It's thrive. And that's kind of your, uh, your side business with your hair, your hair salon. Wow. Which is
1: amazing because I help people feel beautiful on the outside and the inside. And it's been really been able to make me feel good to be able to help people because I can do your hair and everything. And you can be like, Oh, I look good. But do you feel good? You know, and I'm not saying I'm a doctor. I'm not that. But if I can give you something that can manage your life a little bit easier and help you have that mental clarity or, you know, that energy, that clean energy, it's just a different feeling. It's just been, it's been so helpful for a lot of my clients that have hair loss or different things. You know, there's things that I can be like, okay, but take your premium nutrition and your hair will grow. Like stop taking away from your body because, you know, different kinds of diets take away the nutrients. And I personally won't do a lot of people's hair that are on certain diets because really? your hair will dry off. Yes. Interesting. So I'm like, unless you're taking vitamins, and I don't say you have to take the ones I take, but unless you're taking vitamins, I won't do your color because it won't, it won't matter. You'll, it'll still look fried and frizzy.
0: Interesting. You know? So right. you really, it's really, you've really kind of put like a science to it, a little package that right. you have. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So what's your vision? What do you see? What do you see for your future? What do you want to do? Where do you want to be?
1: So, um, I do, I, I can, will continue to do hair. I love my clients. I love the people that, um, have been in my life. They've kept me going more than they know. Um, I love reaching out to the community. I love being a part of all of that. I just, I'm very grateful for what a has done and all of that. And I don't want to get rid of any of that stuff in my life because I know it's who makes, makes me who I am. Mm -hmm. However, I love doctors that are more holistic. Mm -hmm. I will then aren't like here, take this medication and try it. I want them to be like, okay, let's assess your home life. You know? So we've had, we've had to do that a lot with, we had the therapies where they come in and you know, do the family therapy where they go into your house, they say, okay, take away this, 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 and this. And they kind of like watch your, how you're living. And I've really, I've really felt like that's been more of a help than really a lot of medications for us. The environment, I just purged my house in January and just making that space, even though you didn't see it, but making that space has really just calmed us all down. You know, interesting. The environment's huge, so. No, yeah, I can,
0: I can totally grasp with that. It's, I think, you know, slowly we've paid attention to those things, been able to pay attention, and it is. It's, it's like the doctors aren't looking at the whole, the whole picture. The, right. or not the doctors. I mean, it's. I don't want to single any, but just the condition is challenging, and you really do like you can't just look. You have to look at all the pieces of it, it that's going on. You know, in the home and at school, and you know whatever else I just don't like you
1: were saying I appreciate our doctors I love our doctors they don't push any of that on us so I'm not saying that they do right but no really no look for people that are like okay tell us about your home life what's going on is there any big changes how's the environment is the workspace clean? you know like TSE, I know my daughter specifically tends to make her spaces messy. So we work on cleaning those once a week with the provider so we can clear out that space. And it seems to have really been helping the behavior a lot just to not have that clutter, you know, because they tend to make the clutter because they don't finish a lot of what they start and it's not anything. But when you ask me where I see myself, I see myself still helping people and still being a part of the community and still being a part to just change lives one day at a time. Really? That's right. awesome. Watch me. Like, you have I'm a great
0: message. Too. Yeah.
1: Any miracles or like, I mean, there's been lots of like little miracles, you know, like as you go on, like, oh, she can read now. And for me, my tumors went from four and a half centimeters down to nothing. So and a a- yes. So that's been amazing. But just the miracle of being 36 now and being told at 30, I'd be in a wheelchair. Like that's a miracle. And when people see me and do that stuff, I want them to know like you still, it's never too late. You still have a life to live and it's okay. Like with you running and stuff, like that's harder for me. Cause I have a couple issues I have to get worked out, but it's just, it doesn't personal. matter. Not everybody yeah. has to run. I so always I feel bad my like, nose and it's all dramatic because I have a deviated septum and it's just all like, it sounds yeah, like well, everybody needs to run.
0: Yeah. I'm just right. nutty.
1: Right. But you found what works for you. And I feel yeah. like people, more people need to know what works for them because when I do have those tan days or those days where literally I've been beat up with crutches, you know, I don't know what you have, but
0: you oh, both have seems- a of
1: trauma and you don't realize what that does. If you don't grow through that.
0: You don't, you know. I think I let it go for so long that I had just like just so much.
1: Yeah. All right. Thanks, All right. Brooke. Happy Thanks birthday. So. Have a great Thank day. You, yeah. Too. Thank you so
0: much. Take care.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast TSC Talks. Please feel free to navigate to our website www.tsctalks.com. Please try to support us, make a contribution, say a prayer, leave a review. Tell us you love us, you hate us, but thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more.